You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. Who wears some tight underwear. And DJ Ruche. You get to call yourself buff all the time. Where's Pretty? You promised me he'd be on the show today. All this travel and plane and priorities has been really getting in the way of our relationship. But we'll talk about uh, all kinds of non-volleyball related things. He dated Irene Cara. Gabrielle Reed. You can call me Gabby if you want. The only thing missing is a mascot head. Oh, sack does sound a lot more. <laughs> it's the Net Live right now. How's this thing work? What's this new podcast thing that we're doing? Why can't I hear myself? Why is the equipment giving us issues? Apparently the equipment's upset that we've been gone for a few weeks. Oh my goodness. Welcome back to the Net Live, boys and girls. I don't even know when our last show aired. Someone's going to have to go back and look, because I didn't. I think it was like right after Seattle. Or Seattle. We talk? I don't think we talked after Seattle. We didn't do it in New York? We I did one know. right after New York? I know you I and Rich like- did... Stuff from New York. No, right? that was Austin. That was Austin. <laughs> I think we did something right after, not long after Seattle. Okay. All right. We'll assume that's the case. Welcome to Net Live, boys and girls. 16th of July, 2019, and the slow burn that is the Net Live right now. <laughs> oh man, just a busy, incredibly volley-filled summer for me and for Jeremy and for Rich, who is MIA right now. Not sure where he's at in the world. I think they're on their I way to them. Portugal. Is it Portugal? Okay. I think so. Espino? Sure. Espino? Going to be up next. We have so much ground to cover and so little time to do it. Jeremy and I are squeezing in an hour here out of our very busy summer schedule to give you a net live. And we want to make sure that you give someone a tall slim tee this summer. Tallslimtees.com. Go on over, put in code volleyball, get yourself 10% off, but more importantly, get yourself some great t shirt products, t shirts, dress shirts. They have some ties over there now. The Henley. People love the Henley. I wear the Henley all the time, get compliments on it. I didn't like it when I put it on. I was like, I don't like this. It's funny because now I like it. It's really made specifically like the Henley looks good on taller, slim people. Like the, just the way the, the cut is the of the neck and stuff. Yeah, yeah all that, it looks good on tall, slim people. People love it. Yeah. I get compliments on it all the time. So I wear it a ton, uh, not just because I'm the model for it. I actually was the model for it, took it off, said, yeah, I'll keep it, but whatever. Really what I heard there is that if people weren't complimenting you on it, you wouldn't wear it. But because they are, I must wear this thing more to continue to get compliments. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> That's what I heard right now in this I'm like Sally Field in Soap Dish. Take me to the mall, please, Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I guess I'm just wrong. My interpretation of how it looked, <laughs> apparently I'm wrong because the moment I put on my, my wife was like, that looks great. Okay, well, there's a vote in the positive column. Ward out. Somebody else, hey, it's a really nice shirt. Seriously? I, my judgment, totally off. It's like the barn eye during matches. The barn eye is terrible. Did, did you ever think that your um, fashion sense was the... Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Just- no, that's like when I was getting my hair cut recently. Yes, got it cut at Supercuts. And, and I told her... You know, what do you do for a living this and that? I say, I'm on TV. She said, did you get your hair cut here? <laughs> I said, listen, my hair is not winning me any awards. Was That's- that not a vote of confidence for herself? I'm very confused about that. I think it's a valid question. I think it's a valid question. Yeah, so I don't know where that whole thing 
but who cares? <laughs> we have been so many different places. I-, I have been so many different places just in the last couple of weeks. Where were we most recently with the Net Live or with PP? Seattle. That was the last time. We've had a little bit of a break. I've been to and from New York three times since then. I've been to Dallas as well. Just racking up some freaking flyer miles. Yeah. Is your hair pink, by the way? Uh, it's purple. <laughs> what? Yep. Saw the little rat tail there. So what happens when you have some time on your hands and you're bored. Are you trying to match your logo? Is that what's going on? I'm just... You only live once, Kevin. Oh, that's so true. Why not? I would dye my hair more if I wasn't on television, if that was socially acceptable in my job. I can have tattoos and dye my hair for my job. Wow. Yeah, and no, no one blinks an eye. And here I was going to get a three-quarter sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Plan's been shot down. Yep. Sorry, bro. Okay. All right. Well, hey. I hope you keep that for Hermosa. Yeah, I think I'll keep this color through Hermosa, and then I might... We were just trying something different when I walked in to get Gold, my, man. When I walked in the other day to get my hair cut, the lady that cuts my hair, she's like, so... Uh, At Supercuts? No. <laughs> she's like, so what, uh, what, uh, what are we doing today? And I, I was going in to get it blonde again. Okay. And the look on her face was, I want to do something different than what we've normally been doing. <laughs> so I immediately text my wife. Uh-huh. And I was like, uh, purple or pink? She responds with purple, and then here we are. Okay. Yep. All right. I like it. Some different. Can I suggest gold for Manhattan? It'll probably go back to the blonde it was for Manhattan, but her most it'll still be this. I've got extra gold spray, just saying. I don't think that's the color that my hair will stay of gold. You're not spraying my hair gold. What? I'll tell you that right now. Why? This would be like a NetLive Amazon Prime event. First of all, <laughs> I already should have been on Amazon after we won Sitting Gold in Columbus, Ohio, but you forgot to bring your gold medal to New York. Accurate. And so I didn't get on the show. Okay, well, I'll bring my gold medal to Manhattan. Okay. And we will do a little segment. We'll kill off a segment. Maybe Katie will come down. I know she listens to the show. Katie, come down from Manhattan. Katie Holloway? Yeah. Sitting Nicole Millage was in Manhattan last year. Yes, she was. She needs to come out again. She came on the show, right? Yes. Yeah. She needs to come out. And actually brought her actual gold medal. Her actual gold, her <laughs> real gold medal, yeah. And we need to have a sitting gold segment. Okay. And we can talk sitting volleyball. Totally appropriate. Perfect. All right. I like it. Done. I am working on a project to be debuted in Hermosa Beach. The collab with one Nicolette Martin. Oh, awesome. It is coming together nicely. Was that part of what you sent me via text the other day? Is that something else? What did I send you? You sent me stuff that, um, the stuff that you hang on the Amazon, on the wall. Ah, is okay. That a part I, of it, I you posted no. something. You posted something on Instagram today. Was any of that part? Oh, of Oh, that's part of the art for Hermosa, but not with, with your what you're doing with Nicolette. not what I'm doing okay. with Nicolette. Then no, what you sent totally, me was not which part okay. of what you're doing with Nicolette. Total, totally different. Cool. Uh, let's see if you can figure out what this is, and maybe we'll we'll zoom in on the camera. Nicolette Martin, who if you find her at an event and yeah. she's not busy, everybody playing, as in like she's in the box and you ask her to come decorate your volleyball. I think she would be more than willing to do that for you. For a small fee. What do you think that is? It looks like the pier in a court in the ocean in the beach. Nailed it. Maybe it doesn't suck as much as I think it does. I think that sucks, personally. I, I made it, and I was like, no. Well, is that it? I mean, that, w- that was... That was the whole of the idea. Yeah, but it's not going to be black and white just like that, right? 
Like you'd have to do something else too. Like I know it's the pier. The whole thing is black and white. The whole series mm, is black and white. Okay. That's the thing. Okay. That's the and and I can't do it by laser. I do it by because I don't have one yet. Yeah. I do it by making a stencil and then spraying yeah. it. But it's a multi-use stencil, so it's not like one piece of paper or something. So. Like I know it's the pier because it's Manhattan, but I don't yeah. know if everybody else would. There'd be have to be something else on there. Like I don't know if the plaques are somehow on the pier. Like I don't know how. Yeah, it doesn't quite work because the scale size. Although, oh, thank you. I got it. Now. As long as I get a little DJR, I got initials it. on, just in the subtle in the corner, for okay. so I get credit. Thank you. You're welcome. Never know where inspiration is going to come from, and I've been watching a lot of design stuff lately, getting more and more into my little design world, and I was watching. What was I watching last night? So VNL. <laughs> yeah. There's a very interesting one. It's called Press On or Pressing On. Pressing On, I think. It's about letterpress. Now, you've been to Hatch. You've been outside the, the Hatch print shop in the lobby or downstairs of the Omni in Nashville. Yes. So you've been there. Yep. That is a continually operating printing press. Oh, cool. From actual printing yeah, yeah. presses. They have been operating since like 1839 or some crazy number. Cool. Okay, continually. But it, it, this movie was about that, about the art of letterpress. So I watched that. Then I went to the recommendations. And I'm watching another one on iconic advertisers, advertising agencies, actually, mm-hmm. who have put together some of the iconic ads. And they show parts of the ads. It's, it's the 1984 Apple ad, Introduction to Macintosh. Yeah. It's Michael Jordan when he's strolling into Chicago Stadium, or might have been the United Center at the time, don't know. He's talking about how many times he's failed. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Great campaign, by the way. Great campaign. The 1984 ads for re-election for Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. which was a, a very famous campaign. And it talks to the people in the business. One of the common themes you find is that it's hard. Yeah. It's the, the, the creative process is difficult. And at times, things just don't work. <laughs> like... Yeah, we've and you all just throw them away and you move on. And then there are times where things do work, like the Kia hamster commercials. Right. Like I want to be in the room just to hear how that was pitched, and everybody like, yeah, that's a great idea. Because thinking about it, you're like, no, why would you ever do that? But it that actually worked. But here's how. Here's what m- multiple people said. They said I would rather deal with a dictator than a committee. Yeah. Do you know many- why they form committees? So they don't have to be responsible for decisions. Yeah. So the Budweiser ad. With the frogs. Oh, yeah. Remember the frogs? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what happened to the frogs? I don't. Did the horses step on them? No. The frogs were killed. <laughs> but do you remember who did it? No. It was the chameleons. Remember, they introduced these chameleons as like almost Stadler and Waldorf from the Muppets up in the corner. You know, they're up in the trees like <sighs> yeah. making fun of the frogs. I have to go back. I vaguely remember this. They have, and I didn't remember, I remember it until they showed it. Yeah. They, they engineered a thing where... The weasel or whatever, the ferret, dropped a neon sign into the swamp and electrocuted the frogs and killed them all off. Seems kind of harsh for a beer. At the Super Bowl. For a beer commercial. But that's what it was. (laughs) That was the thing is that he... But everybody's going to talk about it. They were pitching it. Yeah. The board and everybody, oh, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do this. Augustus Bush, the third, whatever it is, the dictator, the end said no. I like it. And it aired, and it's one of the greatest things people ever remember. The board at Apple said, do not air that. 
do not do the 1984 commercial. You don't even show the product. How are you going to put... You can't do this. Yeah. You can't do... No. Wozniak and Jobs... Wozniak looked at Jobs, so the story goes, and said, well, I'll pay for half. You pay for half? Awesome. Sure. You know who the director was of that commercial? Spielberg. Ridley Scott. Ha. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that is an iconic ad. Now, I'll bring this back to volleyball, because people right now are wondering, hey, volleyball. You guys are back. It's... 1016, well, and all you've talked about is woodworking. Yeah. Well, let me bring this back to volleyball. <laughs> Dang it. How many decisions in the world of volleyball get made by committee? Well, it's not, I mean... All of them. Yeah. Except in one organization I can think of. But yeah. one, well, one it's also right like... Now. it's There's an uh, afraid to take chances. Because what if right. that commercial did fail? Right. And then that business loses tons of money. Then you automatically blame the marketing company, because you're not going to blame yourself. But do they lose tons of? Do they? I, I I don't know enough about that, right? But like, yeah, no. But you're right. Yeah, you're you're 100 dead on. And well, in like, volleyball, we see that all the time with the way they make decisions about things. Committee, 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 committee. At some point, someone has to make an actual decision yeah. and move forward. Where'd the freeze come from? Donaldson. One person. Yeah. I was now, think I was thinking about that the other day. A few people. I was thinking back because people were texting me during World Champs. Yeah. They're like, oh, I think I would like the freeze right now. Yeah. yeah you right. would. Yeah. TV doesn't like it. Well, and that's why all those rules changed for everybody's like, oh, I love old school rules, which is a whole other argument. But all that stuff changed for TV. The time clock when matches would end at 3-2 right. because you couldn't play a three-hour match. Right. Nobody is going to let you play that long. Like, look at baseball now. All they're trying to do is shorten that game. And that's, a quote-unquote, America's pastime. Right. And all they're doing is trying to shorten that game. Right. Yeah. It's all for TV, everybody. Stop panicking. It is. It is. But I, I love the freeze. So, anyway, that's, that's kind of the mind space I've been in trying to get some of this stuff done for Hermosa to try and kick up a few things. And along the way, I get some other ideas, and I get, get to doing those. And It's too much. It feels like, art. I mean, there has been a lot of volleyball, which we will talk about, everybody. Oh, yeah. Don't panic. We're on our way. Um, since Seattle, but none of it has involved me, so I, I'm I feel very weird. <laughs> like I'm te- I'm having FOMO. I'm texting Lamborn at all hours. I have no idea what right. time it is where right, he is. Right, right. But hopefully he's learned his lesson and put his phone on do not disturb while he's sleeping, so he doesn't yell at us for texting him in the he's middle of the night. He's done that before. Yeah. Well, that's his fault, not my fault. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Let's issue a, a confirm congratulations to Sarah Pavin and Melissa Humana Paredes yeah. of Canada. Yeah for qualification to the 20 Olympic Games through being the world champions, first time ever for a Canadian team. I forgot that. The winner automatically qualified. Right. I totally forgot that. Right. They qualified. Just first place. Just first place. Got and it. that will get to the weirdo discussion on the FIVB website. Uh, I'm just going to go with the theory of that website's been hacked. <laughs> that's what Rich said. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> uh, that, I like that theory. Well, congratulations to them. Uh, also, congratulations to April and Alex on their victory in Stad. I mean, even though they lost that world championship final, heartbreaking. But again, another epic matchup between those two teams. Those two teams very well could meet gold medal in Tokyo. And they had just played in the finals in New York. Right, and Huntington. That. Yeah. Well, and right now, as of after Stad. April and Alex are the number one ranked team in the world. Love it. Yep. Do you remember what the scores were in that world championship final? The last set 
Two sets. There's only two? Didn't go three. 23-21? Yeah. 23-21. So close. And from, I, I only saw highlights of that match, but from everybody I've talked to and all the things I saw that, um, Lissa's defense, uh, deciding factor in that match. Yes. And her transition swing. Yeah. And it wasn't that. And to me, what I saw too, was that Melissa and Sarah had to beat both teams were playing at high level and neither team was just gave it up. No. Right. Like there was like, Oh, we just had a bad day. No, like the team had to beat you to win that match, and Sarah and Mel did that. And uh, yeah, you're right. The transition side, like you can dig everything, but if you don't put it away, it's not going to matter. Sarah blocked for the win, as I recall. Yep. I watched probably a third of it. I had it on and off as I was around. And congratulations to them. Uh, another, another epic battle. If those two teams meet, semifinal it's fun, or it's fun to final, watch. it's going to be really really good i have a hard time and this is just me personally like i had every intention to watch that match on tv yeah and it was delayed because of time difference or no no it was on it was online. maybe i didn't get up in time whatever it was but i had every intention to watch it but i go look at the score yeah then i'm like oh i'll just watch highlights (laughs) right but that's me personally like but if if the u.s had won would you have watched the whole thing Maybe. You know, maybe I would have. Yeah, yeah maybe, that, maybe yeah. that's what it is. You're maybe I, you hate Canada. Maybe, I, yes, Canada is, <laughs> even though I'm undefeated at uh, beach. Right. <laughs> undefeated. Vancouver. So uh, April and Alex. April and Alex are number one in the U.S. Olympic chase. Yep. They're going to go to the Olympics, barring some injury, whatever. If they stay on anywhere near their current trajectory, they're going to go to the Olympics. Yeah, everything just so we don't have to keep saying it. If we say somebody's going to the Olympics, it's all predicated on as long as there's no injuries. Right. Yeah. So, Because we're still a year out. We're a whole year away. Almost right now. I was talking to somebody. Yeah. Because uh, the qualification goes through next June, doesn't it? I believe so, yes. Yeah. And a, what, a year from today, probably you and I will already be in Tokyo. Hopefully. We'll be getting ready. Which, take a little divergence here. I want to get into who's number two for the U.S. and on the men's side and so on. But I, had a, I made a list of faces for 2020. Who should be the face of beach volleyball, men's and women's, indoor volleyball, men's and women? Think about that for a couple minutes while we get back to this other stuff. Second place for the American women right now would be Carrie and Brooke. Mm-hmm. Do they hang on to that spot? Contenders are Clays and Sponsel, Summer and Sarah, more or less. Well, also, too... How is the qualification? Because you could be the number two seed American team, but you could also not qualify for the Olympics at the same time. Yes, you could. Although, let's see if that would happen right now. Oh, I'm on the men's side. On the men's side, eh, not likely. Trevor and Try have stepped way up, by the way. They are currently fourth. Olympic rankings. In Olympic rankings. But they are currently our number one men's. Number one men's side team. Yep. The United States. But they have nine parts to that qualification where Phil and Nick only have six. So then you, get, you go down the rabbit hole of, which by the way, rabbit hole in emojis is rabbit plus moon, like dark, dark moon, because nice. there is no real hole. Good. You go down the rabbit hole of points per tournament. 
trying to project from there. So for instance, Phil and Nick have played six tournaments, have 3,320 points. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, five and some change. Well, you have to play in 12, minimum of 12, and they take your best eight finishes. Right. So if you look at Trevor and Try, they've played nine, and it's 4,600 points. So 46, 40 divided by nine. They're at 515 per event Mm -hmm. in terms of scoring, 515 points. If you go the other way, 320 divided by six, 553 per event mm-hmm. for Phil and Nick. So the assumption there, the projection is that given their performances, if you play it out, take their best eight, Phil and Nick are above Trevor and Try. Now, if you go... Well, Jake and Taylor have not been as, even as, in as many international events as Phil and Nick have correct. this year. Correct. So 2640 divided by five yeah so you're looking at 528 so in fact their their per tournament score is better as well than that of trevor and try who are the first team right now yeah trevor and try scored massive points now keep in mind tournaments are worth different points well took a fourth at worlds huge points and had a double block that was successful (laughs) i didn't see that i didn't catch that one it was they both were stuck in the net and they both jumped up and i believe it was against russia and yeah. it was the tall, who's their tall, the guys that ended up winning. Right, right. Um, Krasilnikov and Stoyanovsky. Yeah. Uh, obviously didn't look because I think he was like looking up to see the ball. It was a, you know, yeah. and tried to kind of like shoot it. And Trevor just reached his, Trevor and Tri were both at the net. Like they were almost like holding hands together in the middle. <laughs> and Trevor reached out to the right and slotted it back over. It was hilarious. I love it. I love it. I missed that. I was kind of in and out of that match as well. Sometimes you just got a double block. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I dare you to shoot over me. <laughs> so we'll pr- the United States, it's top one, two. Fifteen, top 15. 16, let me see here. Yes, 15 highest ranked teams. So right now, the United States does not have two teams inside the team. Yeah, and I think that'll that'll probably change after over the next few weeks when everybody's on the road right now. Yeah, th- it's not to say that's going to happen. No, and like you said, too, we're a year out. Right. But also with that year out, it's not like there's a tournament every single weekend on the international tour, especially big point tournament. There's not very many, like, world champs. Four or five star correct. world champs, correct, no. correct. On the women's side, Kleiman and Ross listed as the number two team in terms of Olympic qualification behind Anna Patricia and Rebecca. You know what I find amusing? They're the number one ranked team in the world. But number two in the number Olympic two in Olympic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, it's listed as Melissa and Pavin. Is that what it is? Nice. Yeah, Melissa and Pavin. It's nice. weird. So they're listed as already qualified, obviously, but they're third. And then Sweat and Walsh Jennings. Behind them, Brandy and Bansley. Mm-hmm. Two Canadian teams doing really well this year. Yep. Heather Bansley and Brandy Wilkerson. I'm not sure why they do it that way, but it ends up funny in their website. Here's my question for the website. <laughs> I'm going to need an answer on this, too, from somebody. If someone has the answer, great. I don't know if Volley Talk already sorted this the out. Net live, I, I have not been over there. The net live at gmail.com. 
Teams with an Olympic rings next to their name are considered qualifying a vacancy. That's such a it's such an FIVB way to put something. Qualifying a vacancy. All right. Number one, Pavin and Melissa. We know that. They won the world championships. Correct. That is a qualifying event. Congratulations. You're in. Japan, number two, Ishii and Murakami. You get in because that's where it's being hosted. You're guaranteed one as the host country. You can earn a second. You're guaranteed one. Fine. They're in. Number three, Krapilova. And Kubikova, I don't, I haven't had these women on there. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Probably not. From the Czech Republic, qualified. And Samade and Lunina of the Ukraine listed as qualified in the number four spot. Can someone explain to me? Congratulations to them. Yeah, ha- have they won a continental qualifier of some kind? Russia has stopped hacking the United States and is now hacking the FIVB website. Is that what's happening? I sent this other picture to Rich, who would know better than I, about the Olympic qualification system. And hopefully he was about to go to sleep, and now it's upset him, and he's responding to us. Because on the men's side, the men's side is even more confusing, because the Russians, the aforementioned Russians, Krasilnikov and Stoyanovsky, congratulations, world champions and qualifiers for the Olympics. No problem, understand. I get it. Then there is a Polish team that is listed as the number two qualifier that Rich says can't even get out of the qualifier. But they're making the Olympics? Then there are two Chinese teams that are listed as the third and fourth teams qualified for the Olympic Games. What? Did they hold the the Asian qualifier already? Help? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to need somebody to explain that to me. SOS in the sand from Um, our desert island here? I'm going to need some help. Our desert island of knowledge? (laughs) I'm going to... I'm going to need somebody to explain that to me. Ah, so I want to know. I want to know why that's been indicated. Rich's answer was Russian hackers. That was literally yeah, what he I, said. I am now committed to that theory. Okay. All <laughs> right. So we have two on the Russian hackers <laughs> for that. But in any case, congratulations to the world champions, and the Olympic race is going to be interesting. Trevor and Try are really throwing a big question mark in there with their now Big points. Mm-hmm. Will they out-qualify Jake and Taylor? Will they out-qualify Phil and Nick? We've said it on the show. It's been said off-air that the level that Try and Trevor are playing right now, that is their norm. They're not peaking or like, oh, they're just playing really high level right now and they'll come back down to earth. This is the level that they are consistently playing at. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a fair amount of the semifinal. Mm-hmm. More than the final. I watched some of the final as well. The biggest problem I see for that team is defensive conversions. They can side out with anybody. They don't have a problem siding out with anybody. They pick up blocks here and there. But as soon as they're not getting blocks, they're not getting as many defensive transition opportunities as they need to bury the best teams on, the, on a regular basis. Well, neither both of them are now new to... Right. They're split blocking, which means they're split defending as well. Um, and I think both have exceeded all of our expectations of how good they would be defensively. Including their own. Correct. As a partnership, I mean. Um, but you finished fourth in Worlds, and it's not like they had an easy route. They played some pretty gnarly teams on their way to get there. Sure. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they got better at the transition game. 
Oh, I think they'll, I think they'll get better for sure. I think, but I do that agree that that is focus. when you talk about like, oh, what's everybody has a hole, if you will, in their game. Yeah, that would be if you want to pick on holes. That would be the. And it's not pick on pick on's an incorrect term. That's it's, it's, it's an it's a analyze correct. Thank you. A year out from the Olympic Games, you're looking at how does a team get better to finish their to improve their finishes to the Olympics because obviously the goal is to medal for everyone. So the question becomes, where are the areas for potential growth? What areas do you have handled already at a world-class and a top world-class level? Where can you get better? For them, defense and transition kills. I think that's the answer to where they can get better. Yeah. Obviously, having a great year, I expect them to be a force when we get them back on the AVP Tour. Well, and the, tra- the transition game is what wins or loses matches for you. At this level. Right. Because everybody can serve. Everybody can side out. At the highest love level. Correct. Yes. Um, so it's if you get a dig, it's one thing to get a touch on the ball and get a dig. Yeah. But if you can't convert and you give the other team a free opportunity, percentage-wise, you're not getting that point. I think there's room for growth there for them. Phil and Nick. I don't know. I think... Um, they may have already, and they just um, they played some tough matches in Hamburg in Worlds, yeah, where they almost didn't make it out of pool play. They got into the lucky loser match, um, made it out of that, and that was one of those things where it's like, okay, now we actually need to start playing volleyball. I think there's a switch that those two can actually turn on, um, and whether they've turned it on already, I know they took a fifth, and then they got fifth in Stad too. I believe that's right. Let me look yeah. it up. Um, it might have been seventh. Let's see. I think Jake and Taylor got a ninth. Nah, I'm all confused right now. There's so many numbers. So many I will, stats I've been looking up. I am efforting currently. Yeah. Um, I think there's a switch that Phil and Nick can turn on um, that I think you will see at some point soon. Because, again, like you're still a year out, and they all know that. Ninth. Sorry, no seventh. They took a ninth in Stadt. In Stad, they took a ninth. Got it. Highest United States finish. Next one was Crab and Gibb also took a ninth. I mean, whatever, they're listed in the yeah. same order, so they're tied. Next highest U.S. finisher, Born and Crab, off of their performance in Germany, went 25th. That, that was surprising to me. Buttinger and Patterson got in. They went 25th out of the qualifier. And yeah, they beat Reed the, and, and Theo fought in wasn't Stad. It the pool in Stad was uh, Phil... Americans. Jake, Casey, and then whoever, I don't even know who the fourth team was that they, from whatever country it was. Unfortunate <laughs> seating situation for Team USA. Yeah. And that's just how it is. Unfortunate Mike situation for me. It's all right. Um, I'm efforting because I was incorrect when I texted you and Rich, and I was trying to uh, correct this information now before we put it out there. But we need to talk about uh, Anders Mole. Don't they have to be the gold medal favorites already, right now? Yes. One shot. Yep. Came in second at Worlds. Their last... Finished first in Stad. I apologize. Third in Germany. Right, third. I was looking that up right now. I think they made the championship match. That was the Germans. Tournament before that in Poland. Came in second. The Germans. Tournament before that in the Czech Republic. First. China first. Brazil first. China fifth, Netherlands fifth, Las Vegas first. They've been off the podium twice. 
Yeah, that and that's just an Olympic qualification. Yeah. So since last, when this started, the Olympic qualification started, they have one, two, three, four, five, five first place finishes, and out of all those tournaments. Out of nine tournaments, they've only finished off the medal stand twice. And, and I want and I, they're twenty one. I want to hate them, but they are super nice guys. Super nice yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> like you just, it's one of those where it's like, one, they're not from our country, and two, I hate you because you're so good, but you can't because they are actually really. And I think they're literally twenty one and twenty two, right? They or twenty two, whatever. whatever they are. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Maybe 22 and 23, but they're just babies. And I did enjoy listening to Marlo and Wong when they were talking about them, where um, Anders, I mean, uh, yeah, Anders, Christian, the, the yeah, defender, Anders, yeah. yeah. How you can't tell. Anders is the blocker, Christian is the defender. Christian Oh, it's Anders, oh, yeah, yeah. It's my bad. Um, how you can't tell his emotions during the match. Okay. Whether they're playing really well, yeah. whether he's, you know, annihilating balls or he can't do anything right. His facial expression is always usually the same. He'll smile every now and then. But not even necessarily just because I had a good play. He could smile because the other team had a good play. You don't know where his level is. So if he can maintain, it almost looks like he's maintaining. Okay. And then Moldenet is also maintaining too. But his, they're both of their athletic ability. You forget how good Christian is because I think what Anders is doing at the net is just something you literally haven't seen before. Sure. But if the ball gets past him, Christian is back there digging everything. And it looks effortless. And his transition swinger and, and his side out game, frightening. Correct. And they're, uh, him and I, because I am a shorter individual, and even though both of these guys are taller than me. You uh, trained with him last year. Totally. Guy asked Taylor, I aced him once. <laughs> he also then proceeded to. When he wasn't looking. <laughs> he also proceeded to hammer balls directly at me wherever I was on the court, <laughs> whether I was on the court or off the court, and <laughs> had pretty pinpoint uh, precision. It was <laughs> yeah. entertaining. Um, their defense, both their arm swings when they come in, like it doesn't look like they are. Taylor's a little bit shorter than Christian, I believe, but both of their arm swings look the same whether they are hammering the ball or shooting it over you or trying to hit it off the block, mm-hmm. which has got to be frustrating to defend. Christian has sort of a hang and bang. Yep, and it's like can, he hangs and looks. Way. Yeah, and both of them can hit that hard when they're on their way back down. And Anders will go when Anders goes over to the corner. Hmm. Hard. Mm-hmm. Nobody can block it. And sometimes, like, his on two, Mole's on two, like, he'll jump, and the block has jumped with him, but he's still waiting for the set to get there. Yeah. So now you are screwed. <laughs> yeah, because he's still hitting it as hard as he can, even if he was at his peak height and peak arm swing. They are unreal. Yeah. Are and unreal. fun to watch. They are the favorites. Hate them, but I really like them. <laughs> How about the atmosphere at awesome. Hamburg? It was awesome. It was great that the Germans made the final. The Germans. The Germans. And it was even for the women's final, which did not include a German team. Yeah. Sold out. 13,000 people. Loud, packed. Stadium looks cool with the way like it's almost like dome looking. Yeah. Even though it is open up top. Right. It looks like a dome. Tennis stadium. Yeah. Look really cool. It It was well done and well attended. What a fun event. Yeah. So good stuff there. And lots of support. Every every time I saw a match on stadium court, whatever country or countries were on that court, there was a good amount of people from said country right. watching those matches. Right. Yeah. Let's switch over to VNL for a second because 
I went on oh, Wednesday. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. Indoor. I went on Wednesday last week. Yep. To Chicago for the first night. Sears Center? No. Downtown. UIC. Oh, yeah. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. Was Nervo there? They were there for the last night. Okay. I guarantee they paid him more than what I was offered to announce it. <laughs> oh. Way more. Are they big time? Okay. So they, they got some serious coin for their whole, like, doing a song and showing up. and. Yep. Great. Okay. You want me to take a guess at it? Yeah, sure. Take a step. How much do the teams make for winning? A million. What do the players get? About 50 grand. On the U.S. side, I don't know about anybody else. And that's an old number. Don't hold me. Got it. Whatever the players made, they made minimum twice that amount. You think it was 100 for them to show up? Yeah. They're that big in your world. If they made a song specifically for they it, did. too? They did. Yeah. For the VNL. Because the cost Worlds of... Worlds Collide is the name of it. What people don't realize, the cost of actually just making a song. Okay. Right? For especially... For... Those girls, I know how they produce music. They, they're in a studio, and there's probably five to ten other people in that studio as well, too. Engineers, musicians, sure. all that kind of stuff. They're not doing it with their iPhone in their basement like, correct. But, like Owl City. But just they don't to, have an Owl City just, Correct. Just to produce that song yeah. is going to cost you 20 grand. Okay. And that doesn't count the fees of the artists. Right, the creativity. You pay, you pay for the creativity. Yeah, all that stuff. You yeah. pay for the ideas. Yep. I now need to. I haven't heard that song yet. I need to listen to it. Okay. Yeah. Give it a give it a listen. They showed up on the last day. I know that they yep. were there. Having talked to you before, but not thinking about it while I was hold on downtown Chicago. Downtown Chicago. Awesome. It was great because I flew into O'Hare. Yeah. I got a room at the Hilton at the at O'Hare. Yep. In the basement of O'Hare and the Hilton is the Blue Line. Yeah. You can get on the Blue Line. I got off at Racine. After about an hour, and I was a block from the door. Very cool. And that block I spent walking was mostly around the arena. It's, oh, to get the to arena is literally yeah. on the train tracks. Awesome. So it was great. Cool. So you get there. So I'm there. You and I have talked about this before, and it just jumped to my mind, but not. It jumped to my mind because of the factor involved. I'm sitting in the arena. It's about six five in the first set. Poland taking on. Somebody. Brazil, I think. I'm watching this match, and it dawns on me. Why is the bass so high? Why is the person screaming at me already about Monster Block and Super Spike? Why is it so freaking loud and like crazy in here? We're in the first set. And I thought of you then at that moment. I thought, right. Oh, now I remember Jeremy's telling me a discussion with the FIVB. They want it at 11 from moment one. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. It hit me because of the factors involved. I was listening to it going, where are we going from here? Like, when this match gets exciting, where are we headed? Well, not only that, you noticed it because the match wasn't at an 11 yet. It was 5-6 in the first set. There so were some cool plays, but give me a break. It comes across as... Um, uh fake right like you can't fake energy sure right so it's like why are we like somebody's telling me to get super excited but it's not that exciting that's that's my 
always my talk back to them is if you're at an 11 at 1-1, where do you go when it's 23-24? Same thing from my perspective. Yeah. There can be an outstanding play. Totally. You can punctuate it yeah. without being... That one play can be a 10. Without being at 11. But when I serve it out by number. five feet, that is yeah. not an 11. So I noticed that. So yeah. I, I agree with you before on that. But that is... But a, I noticed it in the arena. Yeah, and that is um, what the FIVB wants. I understand. Yeah. I, I would argue with them on that. I don't think it needs to be at an 11 to start. You should aggressively build the excitement throughout. The people that are making those decisions, that's what I've noticed my entire career, aren't... They're, they're, they're on not, committees. <laughs> well, they're not sitting in the stands like a fan is. They're not experiencing in that way. Mm. They will full panic if there's silence. Why is it quiet? Because then they go to the fans aren't having a good time. Go, to, is, go to an NBA game. Which is inco- quiet? Which is incorrect. And by the way, you know what my job is besides playing the right music at the right time? Is reading the crowd. That's actually, but I mean, that's, I'm saying like that is a, that's what DJs do. I could give you my entire music library. I could give you all the songs I'm going to play in an AVP finals. If you know how to work the equipment, Kevin, here's all the songs I'm going to play. I 100% guarantee you, you are going to play it differently than I do, and the vibe will be better. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can't play Hall of Notes during the entire finals, okay, Kevin? <laughs> I would say Stevie Wonder, but since you don't know who that is, then that's not going to matter. Right, but that's where people forget the, that's actually what the DJ's job is reading the crowd that's what makes good djs and people that and and mcs and stuff too uh that understand the crowd and because you can push them too much and then they will not respond to you anymore okay turn it up so we have got to control what's happening there's a responsibility here excuse me but didn't we all get into this to avoid responsibility i can't say anymore with the writer here no 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 you can trust him say what you want he won't write it look i work as hard or harder than anybody on that stage you know what i do i connect i get people off i look for the one guy who isn't getting off and I make him get off. Actually, that you can print. <laughs> By the way, that is a great classic movie. Oh, the movie's amazing. Yeah. I, I may have told the story about how I saw that film. When I lived in Austria mm-hmm. and playing on Tuesday nights at one of the theaters. Because you have used, nothing else to do. Right. They used to have the English premiere movie night. And you would go to the premiere movie. You did not know what film it was, but you knew it was oh. a first release, and it was in English, in original form. Okay. So you walked in, and you didn't have the faintest clue. Yeah. I saw, oh, what's the name of it? It's a Pierce Brosnan one where he's in Cuba or something. It's like the Taylor of Panama. Taylor of Panama, I think it's called. So that, I was like, nah, whatever. Then we came in the next week. And it started out with the writing on the lines for mm-hmm. that for Almost Famous. Mm-hmm. My wife's like, oh, yeah. Nice. I, I want to see this. Like, what? I had no idea. Oh, that's so funny. You just come into it blind. What a great movie. Great movie. What a great movie. Great. Cameron Crowe. Yep. Basically, his life story. Adapted yeah. from his life story. Yeah. yeah. And think about that for a second. That, oh, nothing like that could happen dude. now. That oh. couldn't happen in today's day and age. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so that's you. That's you. Yep. Next thing you'll be, you'll be singing Fever Dog. 
I'm going to make eye contact with you in the Amazon booth <laughs> and make sure you're getting off during the finals, Kevin. Uh, I was shocked, actually, that in Seattle you even showed up on Sunday. Because I brought my A game on Saturday evening. I, I, I was thought like, you just should have left what, on top. What else can I do now? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, like Costanza, you should have you taken your gear. All right, I'm out. Pushed it out the front of your stadium, ripped down the DJ Roche banner, and walked out. What match was that? Uh, another Jake Gibb match? Because what match was I that? I don't remember. It was epic. Or was it Case Beer towards the end? Man, I, I don't. I don't remember. It was epic, special fun, as yeah. Cameron would like. Sometimes it. Uh, again, I look at my job as I'm here to complement what's going on on the court. If the match is exciting, I'm going to be right there with you. Right. But can you imagine if I did that from? 8 a.m. until 6 p.m. on a Friday? It, it can't be. <laughs> I gotta hear, first of all, I got to hear good morning. I mean, that's given. I have to hear that to start my day. I'm looking for our show. Just so I can go around here. Chicago. You're yeah. reading. Look, if there's a huge ace monster block or somebody absolutely detonates a spike at 1-0, then yeah, you get excited. Sure. Because it is exciting. But when you sail a ball out of bounds, that is not... The energy that matches that point cannot be the same as the energy that matches me blasting a ball off your face. Right. (laughs) And I was trying to have a conversation with the FIVB. I was meeting with them, television, head of television, during that match. So I saw kind of the beginning and the very end. We were in the VIP, and you were up in the top of the arena. You couldn't hear. I'm two feet from the guy, and you can't hear because it's so loud in the arena all the time. Yeah, It's just not how an event should be. It shouldn't be nuts all the time. Unless, like every event, every sporting event, the event even where, like, the DJ or the music as complimentary, like I'm not out front and in person. Everybody thinks their event is going to be a raging party. What the sports world forgets is that people are actually there for the actual sport first. It can turn into a raging 100%. party. 100%. The, the Seattle Saturday night it was a perfect example of that. That If you go back and watch it on Prime Video, you can go back and watch the whole days. You can go back and watch half the day. You can go back and watch the semis, the finals, whatever you'd like to have. It's all available for you on Prime Video. Go back and watch it. There are some shots of the crowd, and we talked about it in the broadcast because I was on air at that point. The, when you see the crowd bouncing between sets, Mark Sherman's not screaming at him. There aren't lights flying all over the place. The crowd is into it. And then there's another amazing play. And then they continue to be into it. At one point, all you did was turn up the volume a little more. Yeah. It was the same beat that had run yep. in the previous part. Mm-hmm. Some crazy play happens. All you did you, was crank the volume. Mm-hmm. And all the crowd did was get more into it. Yeah. It's that simple. But you were, you were on the money that day. I, I think you should have skipped Sunday. And then can you imagine if I showed up Sunday morning and tried to do that same thing? And I don't even no. remember who played Sunday morning. It's just there's... It doesn't start that way. No. It, it, you have to have somewhere to go. So I would, I would have that argument with the FIVB. That said, in arena continues to be 
awesome. The smoke machine, the player introductions. The thing that you can do indoor, and they, they mo- especially at the Rio Olympics, they modeled the indoor stuff off of what we were doing at the beach. Yes. That party, atmosphere, energy, all that. And what indoor has as an advantage is because you're inside, you can turn off the lights and do a laser show and smoke stuff, sure. which, you, which outside you can't do. That makes no sense. Except for the night sessions in Rio, we were able to do that stuff. Right. Um, so that's an advantage that indoor has, which I think is really cool. You can get after it during all those intros. Yeah. No, I, I think on balance, huge, huge progress over the last five years yeah. for the FIP. Yeah, yeah. And VNL, I thought, was a success in terms of the fans that were there. Of course, Poland and Russia draw well in Chicago. Outstanding. Final featured the men. Team USA. They finally won a semifinal. They did do it a comeback performance against Brazil. Mm-hmm. Nicely done by them. They got eaten up in the final a bit by a Russian team that's nearly complete, maybe missing a couple of parts, but Russia in any look, case, Russia talented. looked really good. They're very good. Yeah. If they can pass like that. They did not pass like that against Poland, and yeah. subsequently they struggled in a couple of sets and were lucky to get out of there. But they passed well, and there are some physical talents on that team that are going to be tough to deal with. Mm-hmm. And our men's team is... They, this is the best I've seen them play in a while but that also contributes to you're probably closer to the team that you're going to see olympics these guys have been playing together all now more as a group what you saw was the 2016 team to start yeah aaron russell mm-hmm. taylor sander outside matt anderson opposite how tall is taylor sander six four is that a concern that he's our outside no good that's not but that's not that actually is not the question no i, I he's a good blocker okay He's, he's been a good blocker since he came in, I think. Okay. Not great, but Because I always enjoy him running the BIC, which... Jeez, it's so fast right my now. My friend Richard Lee, who's currently listening right now, is just so you know, Rich, that's not a thing on the beach. Continue our conversation. Yeah, super gnarly out of the, the middle back. I think they're banged up. I, and I'm going to talk to John before yep. we get to qualification coming up here in a few weeks. Thomas Jeske did not play in the final. Hometown guy did not play in the final. Coming off an ACL injury, played limited time during the VNL. Was he the one that we have the highlight of in the semifinals, where the ball gets blasted off like his chest or stomach? No, that's, that's another guy from Loyola. So there's Jeske, and then there's Jeff Jendrick. Oh, that's what it was, Jendrick. Yeah. Sorry, I was just Jendrick seeing, was unreal. I was seeing the J in my in my replay in my head. Jeff Jendrick was the hero of the. We're semis. gonna talk about that play because that play was oh, ridiculous. God, he was good in that whole run. He gets an ace, makes an incredible dig, gets an ace, makes an incredible dig. Like yeah. He was amazing. But Jeske didn't play. He's coming off of an ACL. Still not 100%. Aaron Russell. Remember, he had the dislocated ankle a couple years ago. That's right. He's having a knee issue now. So he was in and did not have a ton of lift. So he's not 100%. I'm worried about that. They put Matt Anderson at outside for the last set, which is something they have not wanted to do. No, because when your best outside hitter is your best opposite hitter that concerns me right and then they brought ben patch in at opposite and mm-hmm. ben patch promptly hit the first ball into the middle of the net it's not funny it's but it's funny the next ball into the tape yeah the next ball out of bounds and then finally got a kill off the left he was one for four they would not set him they were stacking on anderson because they weren't going to set anymore yeah if you that's your <sighs> he's got to be better Ben, one for four. You got some amazing physical tools. You got to be better. Simple. About that play, dude. Go ahead. 
semifinals, right, against Brazil. Was it? Well, it's the, the J. Now I'm confused. Gendrick. With the J. Gendrick. Back Jeff to Gendrick. Middle blocker. Middle blocker. Serves. Rips it. Brazil. Float serve. Float serve. Ace. Then comes back. Serves again. Yep. Brazil absolutely tattoos the ball. Into the angle from the left. Into the angle from the left. It bounces off. Because the slow-mo replay, the way they did the replay, is terrible, which I am so angry about. I can't tell if it hit him in the chest or if it hit him in the stomach. Yeah. It hit him in that area somewhere. And the ball goes straight up in the air to the net. Micah gets it. He's so close to the net, he literally just sets it over. Like a foot over the net. Yeah. Then ball comes back over. They fake the middle. The outside blocker is, has, is back on the ground and just sticks his hands up. The attacker hits his hands. The ball goes to the back line. I think it was Soji or maybe it was... Uh, it might have been Soji. Yeah. Back line... Passes it all the way to Micah. Really tight set. Micah runs to the net, puts his right hand up in the air with one hand, back sets it to Matt Anderson, who absolutely annihilates the ball. And the slow motion replay I got was Matt swinging away. (laughs) I I didn't get the slow motion of the ball blasting Uh, off his uh, chest or stomach or Micah setting it with one hand behind him perfectly to Matt Anderson. That's what I wanted to see, slow motion replay. Gnarly play. It was re- ridiculous talented guys yeah i think this team if it's healthy is going to be at the zenith of its powers uh, in the cycle of players did you uh shocked isn't the correct term did you expect the men to be in the finals of this tournament already qualified for the finals so they had to you know what i mean <laughs> And by Did finals, and by finals, Kevin, final. I mean the actual finals, not the final. Referring to it as the finals, which drove me crazy. Yes, the final. Yes, I would expect them to be in the final. Okay, I'm not surprised at all. Given their their A group, they played a whole bunch of different groups, but given their A group, yes, they should be making yeah. the final match of nearly any tournament. I haven't watched enough, and I know like the players have been rotating a little bit because we're still early and. The process. Well, let's get to it on a little bit different bend then, because Olympic qualification is coming up. Yeah. The U.S. is going to face off in the Netherlands against Netherlands, Belgium, and someone else who doesn't matter. I just don't have it. Yeah. So the U.S. should win that. Okay. Should win that going away. Belgium's talented though. They have some long, some big sticks. They played well a couple of years ago in what was then World League. But let's talk about top teams. Medal favorites. 2020 right now poland Mm -hmm. they are really good number one team i think russia's in there serbia's in there usa's in there you can throw italy as a credible medal contender you can throw brazil as a credible medal contender Mm -hmm. i don't think they're a medal favorite anymore i think brazil has some mental issues okay not individually but as a collective whole they don't close you out anymore i said that in the broadcast yesterday i don't think they close you out anymore I think they get nervous at the end of sets. Interesting. Are they a younger team? They're a newer team. They have some of the old pieces, but they have some new guys. Got it. Where's I going with this? Middle favorites. Okay, middle favorites. Oh, qualification. Mm. If you haven't listened to some of the broadcasts, here's what's going to happen. France and Poland are in the same group. 
in these six qualification tournaments that are going on all over the world. You have to win to go. France and Poland are in the same group. Italy and Serbia are in the same group. Iran, who continues to be one of those teams that is elite until they are over 20 points, is in the same group as Russia. One of the two teams are going to be in the European qualifier, France or Poland. One of the two teams, Italy or Serbia, are going to be in the qualifier for Europe because they're not going to win this continental mm-hmm. this vacation event, right? They're going to have to go to the continental side. If Iran beats Russia, possible. I'm going to pick Russia, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Then Russia would go into the European qualifier. There is one spot out of the European qualifier. So there's some people... And that is it. ...legitimately win a medal that legitimately could not make the Olympics. France is another team who is a credible medal contender if they're and can mentally get themselves right. They're probably a medal favorite. I would put them in that group, actually, if they have their whole group together. So we're already going to miss at least one of France, Poland, Italy, and Serbia. Wow. One of them will not make the Olympic. Period. Full stop. It was over. Russia could end up in that group as well. If Russia loses their Olympic qualification tournament to Iran, miss two teams from Europe, stop. That would be contenders or medal favorites. Wow. It's the best qualification system I've ever seen. I'm going to leave somebody out. The country's to another part of the world. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, everybody, we're just going to pack up and move. Here's the other wild thing. If Iran beats Russia, it so upsets the apple cart because Iran plays in the Asian zone. Hmm. Iran becomes, the, becomes a qualified team. Japan is already qualified as the host. Yep. That would leave China and Korea to fight for another spot. You would have three teams from the Asian zone. Olympic game. You could have two teams. You could, actually you could have three teams from Norseka right now. Canada is in a group that is very winnable for Canada. The United States should win their group. <clears throat> Canada and the U.S. could be in. Yep. Which means whoever plays for Cuba anymore that hasn't defected, or Mexico, <laughs> or Puerto Rico, yeah, could get into the Olympic Games. You could have three teams from Norseka. And the podcast on the other side of the country that does the opposite of what we do would be going just like you did to them. (laughs) So uh, we will see. And this is going to happen in about three weeks' time. A little more, maybe a month. Was there questionable refereeing B&L for Brazil? I saw a lot of comments, but I couldn't decipher what it was about or if it was from past refereeing and they were making fun of Brazil. Brazil didn't have a hometown ref for them. Brazil gets more time to, qual- to complain at the refs than anybody else. They get more leeway complaining at the refs Got than it. anybody else. Got it. I would just give Brazil all kinds of red and yellow cards. Probably in that order. I would reverse the order. Just straight red card, no yellow. Just red. And, and I full well know that the FIVB is all about protocol. So the fact that they are getting extra time is surprising me and not getting cards immediately. They should get cards. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like they are trying to move that thing along. So to be able to hang out and talk to the ref is surprising. Volker Cohen has a good point here. Uh, Robert Landy-Simone 
and I'm forgetting Sanchez's first name, but uh, there's three players that were repatriated to the Cuban team. That Robert Landy Simone is an unbelievable middle blocker. You w- you've seen him in highlights, just bombing balls. Yeah. So yeah, that's a big deal for Cuba. That is absolutely true. No, I did not see the interview with Bruno on off the block. I should check that out. William Robinson, good call. William, you're talking about where I wonder if he's talking about where Bruno was talking about uh like all the Brazilian shakeups and the new teams and why him and Alisson moved on and all that stuff. Um it okay. wasn't I hate you, you hate me, let's move on. It was more of a we just need a new challenge, we did everything we could do, we both needed to get younger. But I imagine this is on the indoors. Oh, got it. My brain just goes Setter. to beach automatically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I I we'll see. We'll see. Because I know off the block was up there in Chicago. Nice. Yeah, Cuba, Cuba could be interesting. When you say Bruno, I just I'd go. Olympic qualification is happening for the women, August two four. The men is nine through eleven of August. August between Hermosa and Manhattan, we'll have coverage for you on NBCSN Olympic Channel and on NBC. Cool. And we'll be qualifying in Louisiana. All of them happen at the same time, by the way. So we're going to have matches from all over the planet for you, not just the U.S. matches. If I type online to look up the schedules of TV, up and let me know. It's not up yet. I don't know what it is. When we get there, get closer to it. Hopefully. The day of, will I be able to find it? Hope so. Okay. Asking for a friend. Let's talk about another championship. SCVC won the 17 Open. Uh Oh, yeah. National title, won Reese Barnett. Dallas is good to the uh, Barnett household. Yeah. Sitting gold last year, and now a 17s title, and the swing to win it. Swing to win it. For Reese Barnett, played, who played well through the whole tournament, played really well in the final, beating Balboa Bay. Also, head coach of that team, part of the Suicide Doors. That's right, because Tyler Hildebrandt was out, so Team Tesla out in Europe. Yeah. Suicide Doors drummer extraordinaire Cam Green, yep. also known as Dad. Yes. Two one Dax Green. Dax Green. Yep. He was there as the head coach, and they came out with the victory. Yeah, it was oh. awesome. It was awesome. And in typical volleyball fashion, we won. Did the pictures as quickly as possible, and sprinted to the airport. <laughs> made it to our flight by like ten minutes. Luckily, the flight was slightly delayed with because of a crewing issue that saved us. I think you would have made it. I would have been running onto the aircraft. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I like the video. It's online as well, but you sent a video. I've now seen it on the SEVC website and who put on that tournament in Dallas? USA Volleyball. Yeah, uh, on their site too of yeah. young uh, Reese Barnett. Championship kill. Championship. Yep. Special moment for his dad. Yep. It was great. Really, really good. Code 10% off. Get you, uh, code Volleyball gets you 10% off at Tall Slim Tees. Go ahead and do that right do it now while the show is still on. You don't have to, to listen. Oh, yeah. Thousands of challenges. There were a lot of challenges. A whole lot of challenges. Too many challenges. Is there not a set number of challenges? It's infinite because if you, the coach, are right, you don't lose your challenge. There's so many challenges. And so many overturned. The referees are wrong a lot. Just the ball moves too fast. Really fast. The compression of the ball turns out the sidelines are pretty wide. 
And like micro touches, like how can you see that in right. real time? You can't. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many more kills I would have had. How many more aces? Lots. Deal with it. Lots. <laughs> how many more uh, off the hand touches would Reed Pretty have had in his career? Seriously. Yeah. How many more high deep kills for Reed? Yeah. A bunch. All right. Have we not covered something we're supposed to cover? Oh, we didn't talk about Team USA on the women's side. Nope. The indoor. Man, that's happened. That's happened since our last... Po- Man, there's been a lot of volleyball. Repeated as champions of VNL. Yes, they did. Performances by young players. Annie Drews, Jordan Thompson. Outstanding in the final round. And outstanding in the final. Jordan Larson came in. Yep. Team looks way more comfortable with her on the floor. Kelsey Robinson, crushing balls. Yep. Not in the libero position anymore, no. correct? No, they still can't find a libero. Still struggling. They will qualify. They're playing basically nobody down in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. They will qualify. Will they win the Olympic Games will be an interesting question. I want to see if they continue to play the top performers from BNL, some of those younger mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. at Olympic qualification into World Cup into next year, really. It almost pitches all the way to next year already. Or do you go right back to the same five or six players that you've been starting for four years or more? I'd like to see him stick with some of the, the talented youngsters who put up some good, good numbers. Especially with how far we are still out, you have time to develop some of them. And you're going to need them. You have to get better. You haven't faced Serbia, full go. You haven't faced China, full go. Neither, Serbia wasn't at the finals. China brought their second team, didn't even send their coach. That's, that's hilarious. Crazy. So there's some real potential there on the women's side to improve that team and get even better from now until Tokyo. The strange thing is that it's essentially over. Sure. You'll have some training time, but you're going to qualify because the teams are so bad. Yeah. No problem there. World Cup has been rendered almost meaningless because it's not an Olympic qualifier. Why would you play your best team? Why would you wear your team out? So then there's the question, how many more high-level matches are you going to get before the Olympics? That would be the only reason to play World Cup with a full squad, and it'll be really interesting to see how teams manage that. Do do they bring a full squad to that? So what you would have is is a year where teams did not bring their full squad to VNL, Mm -hmm. many of them, Mm -hmm. went to Olympic qualification, Qualified didn't qualify. Continental tournaments will be held later. I have to look up the dates. I have it in my thing here, but held later. Mm-hmm. World Cup, why would you play your full team? You may not play your full team there either. It'd be a really down year from a standpoint of best against best. It's a good year for developing some talent. It's not a great year as a spectator. I wonder the mentality, and it would be a on the makeup of your team of team who I think I'm taking the Olympics in some of these matches, but you mentally prepared, so you're not mentally preparing for that during the Olympics. Somehow try to replicate this as a high-stakes tournament, even if it's not, because you've already qualified. you got to do that mental training too, right? You do, and you have to play together in those moments. Agree with that. Because yeah, then there's, and there uh, are expectations, too, of if you are expected to win, playing at that level, too. An expectation of that. So you might play together because you have to go to the, the Continental Qualifiers, which will happen January 6th. That's okay. what it was in the opening part of the year. So you may play more of your group 
together because it'll be your only chance to play together before you reconvene for like a week in the middle of the club season to then go to this qualifier at World Cup. But if you're already qualified, if you're Team USA, would you play your full group? If you're Serbia and you're qualified, why would you play your full group? Why would you bother? Guess we'll find out what Karch is going to do. Might play them once. Karchi. If you took them. You might play them twice if you took them. You're not going to play them in World Cup, which is, remember what World Cup structure is. You're going to play 11 matches, 14 days. It's just not a good year for spectators. It's like a preseason. Where are they playing in January? Preseason, postseason. Tournament? All over the place. TBD. All TBD. The Asian, African, European, South American, North American. By the way, that sounds so far away. Now when I just realized that we're halfway through 19. Right. My brain starts to hurt. Exactly. So, interesting stuff to follow there. Uh, back to the faces before we get out of here. There's a lot of volleyball that's happening. Faces for 2020. And you at home can vote. <laughs> then at live at gmail.com. You can vote. You can vote on the Facebook page. And you're, are you saying like what TV and marketing is going to get behind? That's what you're saying? Who should they get behind? Who would, who would, will they get behind? Who would they get behind? So going into that, you have to think about who, if you're a TV person or marketing person, who do you think is going to do well to get behind early as far as marketing campaigns? Because remember the, was it Dan and Dave Nike? Dan and Dave. 20 some odd years ago where only I think one of them qualified. That is right. Yeah. But Nike put a ton, or Reebok put a ton of money into their marketing campaign. Um, so you have to think about that stuff. Yep. No hide it on the high jump. Whole vault. There, was it a 30 for 30 that, dis, that did a story on them? Those, yeah. yeah. And then one of those guys, or maybe both of them, like the Olympics after that, did really well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and also, are you thinking about post-Olympics? Nope. You're just thinking as far as marketing? Lead in to the Olympics. Got it. Here are my picks. Alex Kleiman. Duh. Duh. Exactly. Kelsey Robinson. Micah Christensen. Yep. I have a question mark here. The backup setter for, he's the UCLA kid, right? Micah Ma? Yeah. Too many Micahs. Yeah. Christensen's the one that's been there forever. Correct. And by forever, it's like years. On the men's side. I wrote down Jake. Jake Spiker Gibb? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because of the story? Yeah. Fourth Olympics? The journey? You wouldn't go Phil because it's also Phil's. Then Phil has a medal. I picked Jake. Okay. Not to say Phil's a bad pick. Not Taylor. Taylor's up and coming. We'll be. I thought about that too. We'll be around after. Thought about that too. Okay. I like that. Yeah. But I couldn't come out with. I guess I put a question mark too because I couldn't come out with a, like a clear cut favorite. Yeah. And this is the, the TNO marketing. Not the other people who are going to be marketing this, who right. I feel this like are going to fail on all of a, this. As a proxy for Nike. Uh, okay. I, I don't think Jake is a wrong choice. I think the story is unbelievable. I, I don't think Taylor's a wrong choice. Especially with the cancer side of it. Right. Yeah. Cancer, family, gritty. I, th- I think he's saleable in a different way than Alex, Kelsey, Micah. I agree. It's a different kind of story. But I think it's, I think it's usable. 
This is also where I'm not going to get into the playing side discussion because I understand that side of it, but where for volleyball, if there was a um, trials, the Olympics. Yeah. Because the issue I see with our sport is you're not marketing these players really until the Olympics themselves because there's been no mass public consumption of them outside of the fans of that said sport. Correct. Um, no other moment in which to tell their story. Correct. Um, even though there's tons of, like, obviously you have AVP events, FIVB events, where you can see all these players, but there's no, the qualification process is so long, there's no one tournament that's like, hey, or two tournaments, whatever, again, I could go in the discussion of how I would think the qualification should go and be, would be beneficial to would lead weight to the teams that are a higher seed as opposed to like it's just a one-off tournament. But regardless of any of that, that's where I think a trials would benefit the marketing side yes. for the players. I don't disagree. In, in defense of what we have now, I would say that the visibility of world champs and other tournaments helping for sure. along those lines. But yes, I agree with what you said. I would be curious. I don't know how you figure this out, but what non-volleyball fans who don't normally consume the sport and to watch worlds weren't tuning in before they wouldn't it's not on nbc if you made trials olympic trials people know what that is it worked for swimming track and field and gymnastics i think those are pretty big in the olympics as i recall somewhat large maybe just just above a clay bird shooting just above equestrian (laughs) Breakdancing is going to be somewhere an below too. sailing. Yeah, it worked for them. I think it would work for volleyball too. Again, it's, there's a whole discussion of how it would work. I, I understand that there's that side of it. I'm just the marketing to actually give the visibility to your players beyond just the Olympic. Yep. I like it. What did we miss? I don't think anything. So I, I like sure the faces of 2020. That's uh, none of those are wrong answers. Let us know what you think. The netlive at gmail.com. Comment on the Facebook page, netlive, facebook.com slash netlive. And uh, we'll be back when we're back. Someday. <laughs> Two more weeks, a week from this weekend. I have work the next. Hermosa. Right. Yep. A week from this weekend will be Hermosa. A week from Friday, we'll be back on air on Prime Video. So I've got to get this project done. But then I will be on air with Hermosa, then women's qualification, then men's qualification, then Manhattan, probably college by then, then Chicago, more college, Hawaii, more college, then college basketball. Cool. Cool. <laughs> and then the year's over. Then it's over. Dude. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening to the Net Live. Thanks to Tulsa MTs for their support of the program. Thanks to Jeremy for showing up and figuring out our technology issues, <laughs> making it all happen, even though he's not the tech guy. We appreciate him filling the role. It's on my, uh, I scratched out DJ on all my business cards. And it, says, <laughs> it says tech guy. Like snow. Yep. No, no snow. Yeah, no, we don't discuss no snowball on here. No DJ. <laughs> Tech guy. guy. <laughs> Handwritten too. Tech guy. <laughs> Love it. Thanks to you, the fan. Send us some feedback at netlive at gmail.com or don't. We don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me one way or the other. I do enjoy hearing from fans. Is it like are... part of the interruption where they have uh, 
the mail time where they're like, these, all these questions are made up from the producers. We're <laughs> right. not actually listening to anything you guys send us. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This has been the NetLive. Kevin and Jeremy are gone.